All right. We, uh, what do we decide to read? We're going to set a date and <laughs> just go with it. Uh, we're going to try to get some, uh, some folks together from here at the church to go down to Charlotte to the Billy Graham Library for the, uh, the uh, Christmas lighting decoration thing. Uh, it, I mean, it's pretty during the day, but it's even prettier at night. So we just have to figure out a time and a date to get together, but we'll get a, a bus load or a van load and, and go down from here. So we'll try to get a date and set it and then let everybody know and you can sign up to go. Shouldn't cost hardly anything to go down there. Um, if you've got your Bibles, turn over to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. We're going to look at vision today for, for a little bit. We're going to read a, a story that's it's pretty familiar to, to most of us, especially, seems like growing up, it was one of those stories that just kind of went in with Jonah and the whale, and it went in with uh, Noah and Ark and Daniel and Dan Lyons, and we're going to look at blind Bartimaeus. It's just one of those stories that just... It really, it'll get you, and, and this one, uh, I remember growing up, my, my Sunday school teacher called him Blind Bart, so Blind Bartimaeus or Blind Bart, and I'll probably refer to him Bart several times today, but it's, it's about a man who, who was, he was reduced to begging because of a situation that he had going on with his sight. Unlike today, we have people that, they have access to, to help, they have uh, they have the Bible in audio. They have the Bible in Braille. They have schools that they can go to since they can't see. They have uh, schools for visually impaired people. They have help. Back then, in the first century, they didn't have help. They had to ask for help. They had to ask for money. So we have blind Bart, who's a beggar, and he is sitting out, and he's hollering, just somebody give me a penny, give me a nickel, give me a dime, Give me something, but he was crying out for help. Could not see anything in front of him. Um, you know, like I said, back then they did not have any assistance. And if you was a blind person, and you was happened to lose your sight later on in life, you couldn't be a farmer. There's no way to to be a farmer because you couldn't plant your crops. And then once, you, and even if you did plant your crops, you wouldn't really know. When it was time to harvest. Matt, could you imagine planting your crops and losing your sight after? You wouldn't know exactly when. Because you got to see your crops to see if it's time. Shepherds, they lost their sight. They couldn't see their sheep. They couldn't see the flock. They couldn't take care of the flock because they had no vision. And uh, there was others, you know, I couldn't even imagine. Keith, have you ever hired anybody that's blind to swing a hammer for you? They'd have black fingers. They'd just be smashed all to pieces. So they didn't have help back then. So when you couldn't work, you had to ask for help. You had to, to beg. They didn't have service dogs. They didn't have books on audio. They didn't have Braille back then. If you was visually impaired, you was sentenced to a life of begging, sentenced to a life of begging for help. Plus, this man had probably been able to see it sometime. I, I always think back to, to my great uncle, uh, Roger Hicks, Different breed of Hickses. They're from down in Caldwell County. Like I've always said, Hickses and Broomsage are going to take his place over anyway. But my Uncle Roger lost his sight years, years ago. I've never known him to have sight. He's always been blind. But the man can play a piano like it's nobody's business, and he plays a 12-string guitar. 
can play about anything, auto harp, you name it, he can play it. And, uh, but he lost his vision. And every time I read this story about Blind Bartimaeus, I always think about my Uncle Roger because my Uncle Roger got to see his kids grow up. He got to experience the sunset, the sunrise. He got to experience all the colors that we see right now. He experienced that up until a point where he started losing his sight till he become completely blind. His brother was the same way. I never, and I've probably told you all this story before, but my Uncle Roger was at my grandma's house years ago and my Uncle Brent, so Roger is my great uncle, and my Uncle Brent, which is my mom's brother, plays the piano, and Roger would always come up every few months, and he'd tune the piano for him. Supposedly, blind people do a really good job tuning pianos because their, their sense of hearing is better. And so Roger came in, and uh, my grandma was there, and she let him in and led him back to the piano, and he's, he was tuning the piano. Well, then my grandpa walked in and didn't realize Roger was back there tuning the piano because all the lights were off in the house. And so, I, you know, just out of instinct, my, my grandpa said, Roger, you need me to turn the lights on for you? And he said, it wouldn't help. <laughs> but to sit and look at my Uncle Roger, and he just, it, you know, they kind of stare off in space. They can't see anything. And I, I look at that man, I think, what's running through his mind? He only has memories now because he can't see the future. He can't see what's in front of him. So he hangs on to what he can remember, what his children looked at like, what they looked like 30, 40, 50 years ago. He's got grandkids he's never seen. He knows their voice, but he's never seen them. And he can remember what red and blue and white and green, all these colors, but it's just a memory. And unfortunately, they kind of fade away. He had memories of these colors and they're fading. He has these images in his mind, and they kind of dissolve with time. Both Bartimaeus and Roger both. Whatever the cause of the blindness, though, for blind Bart, we don't know. We don't know the whole backstory for him. But we don't, we don't know how long it, he had been blind. But he still had a little bit of fire left in his heart. He still had a little bit of something pushing him inside to open his eyes and look to see what was out there before him. If you got your Bible, stand with me just a moment. We're going to be in Mark 10, 46. Mark 10, 46. The Bible says, And they came to Jericho, and as he went out to Jericho with his disciples, and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway, side begging and when he heard that it was jesus of nazareth he began to cry out and say jesus thou son of david have mercy on me and many charged him that he should hold his peace but he cried the more a great deal thou son of david have mercy on me and jesus stood still and commanded him to be called and they called the blind man saying unto him be of good comfort rise and calleth thee and he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight, I love this part, and followed Jesus in the way. Followed Jesus in the way. Jonathan, would you open us up in prayer, please?
Amen. Have a seat. So what in the world do you think this story has to do with us? We can see physically, for the most part. I think between me and James, we've got one set of eyes, right? Because I'm blind in my right eye, and you're blind in your left eye. Yeah, so between the two of us, still ain't got a half a brain, but we've got a good set of eyes. But we're, physically, we can, I guess that's right, I don't know. <laughs> physically, we can see. So what in the world did you think blind Bartimaeus would have to do with any of the church members? Would it have to do with, with the church in general? Because physically, we're not blind. We can see. But this story is so much deeper than that. What I want to look at today is the fact that he got his sight twice in one day. He got his sight physically, and then he received his sight spiritually. That's two things that we don't think about too much when we talk about blind Bart, but he received his sight twice in one day. I want to do a little eye exam this morning. I don't know about y'all, I cannot stand going to the eye doctor, it is, but I've had to do it for, since I was four years, actually before I was four years old, I had a cornea tra- transplant when I was four years old. I was blind with cataract, I was born with a cataract, they removed the cataract, I got a cornea transplant when I was four years old. And so because of that, I had to deal with eye doctors all the time. I had to wear the patch, I had to wear the metal patch and all that stuff, I hated that so bad. But for 36 years, I've had to go to the doctor. I've had to look at the exact same eye chart for 36 years. Guess what's never changed? That eye chart. So in 36 years, you start memorizing things, and all of a sudden, you start getting better (laughs) vision. (laughs) But I've had to stop doing that. My right eye, they'll put that little thing up on my left eye, and I, I can't see, and then I'll have, you know, I'll be looking at the board, and they'll say, what can you see? E, because that's all I can see. It's always been a 36 years has been a big old fat E right on the top of it. And I'm thinking, they got to change that up, really mess with me sometime. It's, it's always an E. We need to have our vision checked. Once a year, physically, it's good to have our vision checked. What about spiritually? How often have we had our spiritual vision checked? There's no eye charts involved this morning, just a few questions that we have to ask ourselves. How is our vision First question, are we blind? Are we blind? Now, I said a while ago, physically, we're all good. We might have some impairments, but for the most part, we're good. Bartimaeus knew he was blind, at least physically. He knew he couldn't see his family. He knew that he couldn't see his friends. He knew that he would never be able to work again. He was going to have to ask for help, but he knew what was going on. But he was, it wasn't until Jesus healed him that he realized he had been spiritually blind too. Sometimes it takes us being healed by the master to see what we've missed. Sometimes we need that touch from Jesus so that we can see spiritually what we have been missing out on. We're missing out on our blessings, missing out on, on our church family. But sometimes we need that touch from Jesus to open up our eyes. But once Bart had saw Jesus, he saw the answer to all of life's questions. At salvation, that's exactly what happens to us. When we are saved, we open up our eyes for the first time. It's a new birth for us. When Clayton was born, that's one of the things, and my dad has always been about this with all three of our youngins and then my sister's two boys. 
check their eyes. Check their eye. It's, oh, look, they're healthy. They got five fingers or ten fingers, ten toes. And then he'll say, check their eyes. He wants to make sure the doctors, because not that they could do anything at the time, but my dad has always been concerned about the youngin's eyes because of me and what I had to go through and what they had to go through raising me with being blind, blind when I check their eyes. And then as he gets older, of course, his eyes are fine. And then as he gets older and he starts focusing, that's, that's the fun part. When he starts focusing on you and he starts following you around and then his eyesight gets better and, and better, he's starting to see things that he's never seen before. He's starting to experience things that he's never experienced before. As baby Christians, we're the same way. Once we're saved, when we open up our eyes, we spiritually get to see things we've never seen before. The grass is greener. The trees are greener. The trunks are more brown. The sky is more blue. The clouds are more white because we realize then that God has created the heavens and the earth. We realized for the first time in our lives, we might have heard it in Sunday school, but we realized with these new eyes what God has created. And you look at your spouse and you look at your kids and you say, Lord, I am so blessed. I have missed so much because my eyes have been closed. I have been spiritually blind for so long, but I can see now where you have blessed me. I have opened my eyes. Once he saw Jesus, he saw what, he, what his need was. and Not just a need for sight, but a need for life. Yeah, we all need to see, kind of see, at least. It helps driving, walking around. It's good to see that stuff. But we also need life. We need a spiritual life. We need a life that is of God. We need to be living a life that is godly, that is pleasing to Him. But until we see Jesus, we can't have that life. Until we open our eyes and we see the cross and what it means, until we open our eyes and we see and feel Jesus for the first time ever, we're never going to experience the life that He wants us to have. Not just sight, but that life. Some of us have better eyesight than others. That's me. I'm... I'm I think I'm not 20, 40 or something like that in my left eye, so I wear contact in my left eye. I got nothing. I'm like 2,400 over my right eye. I got nothing. So some of y'all probably got pretty good vision. Some of you wearing glasses, and that's, that's all right. I'm, just glad, I'm glad Nat doesn't wear glasses. When he sees how ugly I am, he'll never come back. You can hear me. <laughs> <laughs> we're blind in other ways yeah we might need a little help physically with glasses or bifocals or trifocals or LASIK surgery or contacts we might need a little bit of help but the worst kind of blindness that a person can have is not the physical blindness it's the blindness of seeing only yourself see if you go back and you read that story one more time you realize it was about Bart, not about Jesus. All he could think about was himself. We don't read in the story where it talks about family, friends, work, anything like that. It was all about him. He was physically and spiritually blind. Spiritually blind because it all was all about him. So for Bart, that was his problem. He was so focused on his blindness that all he could do was think about himself. 
And that was all. His limitations, his things that he had lost, the unfairness of his life, it was all about Barton, not about Jesus. But he knew who Jesus was. He'd heard about Jesus. Jesus was a fairly common name back then. But he knew who the Jesus of Nazareth was. Nazareth was. And so when he heard the people talking, and like I said a while ago about Roger, their, their sense of sight, with their sense of sight being gone, other senses heightened. So his, his hearing heightens. And if you ever watch me in a tree stand, I'll be sitting in a tree stand. A lot of times I'll close my eyes. I'm not dozing off. I close my eyes so that I can hear better. I, I do, I've always done that. I close my eyes so I can hear better and pray I don't go to sleep. But I hear better. See, Blind Bart sitting out there in Jericho asking for help. What was he doing? He wasn't looking around. At, oh, man, that's a, that's a nice-looking cloak you're wearing there. It's a good-looking mule you're riding on. No. What was he doing? Listening, because he couldn't see squat. But he was listening. He could hear all the things that were going on. I guarantee you that that man probably knew all the gossip that was going, going on in Jericho because he sat and he listened. He knew who Jesus of Nazareth was. He knew what he could do. He had heard the stories about this man. He had heard the stories about the miracles that he had performed. He heard the stories about how he could raise the dead and how he could heal the, heal the wounded, how he made the blind see and the dumb talk. He heard all these stories, and then all of a sudden, you could hear the people talking. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. So he gets a little excited. I'd get a little excited. And he prepares himself for what's to come, for meeting with Jesus. He realized that it was all about God once Jesus healed him. He realized for the first time in his life that it had nothing to do with him himself, but it had to do all with God. The God who made him loved him. The God who loved him had the power and the will to help him. See, that's us. Sometimes we get a little bit self-centered. Sometimes it's all about us. Woe is me. All the problems I'm going through right now, woe is me. It's all about me. But when we realize that it has nothing to do with us and it's all about him, when we open our eyes, we take the wool away from our eyes and we see for the first time that it's all about God and that He can help, He can heal, He can touch, He can have a great movement in our lives, but we just have to see Him first. We have to see Him. It's what Blind Bart did. He finally seen Him. This was the God who loved Him and helped Him, and that was the only thing that mattered then. Because that last verse right there says, And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And He said, And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Immediately, he opened his eyes and he followed Jesus. So when he saw Jesus, he saw clearly for the first time in, in probably a long time. So what are we blind to? What is it in this life that has got us spiritually blind? Maybe like Bartimaeus, we don't see the people around us. Maybe we've kind of closed our eyes to the ones that are around us. We see them physically, but we don't see them like Jesus sees them. And this goes, that's, this is when I told Keith the hush this morning. He's getting ready to get all in, my, in, the, in the sermon. We don't see people the way that Jesus sees people. And Keith made a really good point this morning. 
talking about using mirrors. When we put a mirror up, when we look back in that mirror, what we need to see is Jesus, not ourselves. But when we look in that mirror, there should be an image of Jesus right there in front of us. That's how we need to see others, the way that Jesus sees others. People were always turning the blind eye to others around them. And, and I got thinking about this yesterday, and this, this really hit home. Talking, I was reading about the disciples. When we'd done our study on the, on the disciples a few months ago, one thing that never was brought up, not one time was ever brought up, and they all had the same problem. They were all blind. Every single disciple was blind. Not physically blind, but they were spiritually blind. What happened to them when, when the hungry started coming to them? When they, oh, they, they needed something to eat, and, and they didn't want to feed the masses like Jesus did. They said, let's get away. I, I, we don't need to see them. We need to get away from them. We don't want to see that crowd. Let them, let them get out of our sight. Let's send them on down the road. I don't want to see that. What did Jesus do? He fed them. What about the children? What about when all those children come to Jesus? The disciples were blind. They didn't want to see him. They didn't want to see what was going on. And Jesus said, bring them here. Bring them here. Suffer not the little children, is what he said. They didn't want to see the poor people. They didn't want to see the sick people. They didn't want to see the lepers. They didn't want nothing to do with them. They didn't want to see it. They wanted to close their eyes or turn their head. They wanted to get away from them. The disciples were blind spiritually. But Jesus, what did he say? These are like sheep without a shepherd. And then he instructed them to watch over them. Watch over them. Watch means see. Look. So he's saying, look at them, look over them, look at them, help them. Watch these, because right now they don't have a shepherd. They're just wandering around. Who do we need to see right now? In this life, right now, today, whatever day is, who do we need to see? Well, guess what y'all been getting once a day from me? It's a prayer request. To pray for the children of the North Carolina Baptist Children's Home. You hear it from me and you see it from me. What about opening our eyes to the children? Not just the children of the Baptist Children's Home. What about the children in this community? I can't help but think about what goes on here. And sometimes it makes me sick. I know what's going on in Watauga County. Avery County ain't far behind. We're, I don't know, we're probably neck and neck right now. It's just sad. We live in a county, y'all live in a county. It's just sad what our children are going through. There are children in these counties whose parents are in jail right now. They don't have a home, or they're staying with somebody else. Mom or dad is in jail for doing something, and so they don't have a home life right now. Maybe one would rather be any place but where they're at right now because they're living with family or friends, and there's drugs and alcohol involved in that house, and they'd just rather be somewhere else. They have no place to go. Who do we need to see? So one of the things that we don't talk about is inmates. You know, there's inmates out there that we probably need to see some, talk to them a little bit. There's adults in our community that are struggling right now financially, physically, spiritually. There's adults in this county that we need to see. Our neighbors around us who are not in church, we need to see them. 
We need to open up our eyes to be a help to them. The teenagers who are being drawn into the world, we need to open up our eyes and we need to see them. Who do we need to see with the eyes of Jesus? There's a lot of people out there. Like Bartimaeus, most of us have seen before, but we've lost our vision for reasons that we, we don't understand. We just get busy probably. But like blind Bart, we had vision and now we've lost vision. It's time to open our eyes and see what Jesus has for us. See what Jesus can do for us. Second question is, do we want to see again? Do we want to see again? So I've been asked that question before physically. I've had the option of being a guinea pig and having LASIK surgery done on a cornea transplant so that I could see again. Dr. Copenhaver over at uh, Western Carolina Eye Associates, when she, when she first got there, she didn't, like most doctors, they don't read your file. And so whenever, and that makes me so mad, I get there and, and uh, Dr. Kuntz is usually my doctor because I had a specialist when I was growing up. Down in, and so and I had to go to Winston all the time to Baptist Hospital. So Dr. Gray was my doctor down in Baptist. And when I got old enough, he said, I need to refer you over to an adult specialist. And you got one in Boone, it's Dr. Krantz. So I started going to Dr. Krantz. Well, as I got older, he's like, you really don't need specialists anymore. We're kind of done with you. Everything's working good for the most part. So Dr. Copenhaver come in, and Dr. Copenhaver doesn't read my chart, and she goes to town on my eyes. And in about five minutes, I'm going to throw up. Because she started doing that little one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six thing, flipping that stuff around. And my vision kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger in my right eye until I got nauseous. I mean, I've never been that sick. It's like car sickness. She said, would you like to have LASIK on your, your eye? Because we think that you would be a great candidate for that. But there is a chance that you would lose your vision. I said, well, I've already lost it. They said, we'd like to do both eyes. I said, no, ma'am. You can tinker with my right one. You ain't touching my left one because the left one's all I got. And if it messes up, I'm done. I'm, I, I can't see. I wouldn't be able to see anymore. Would you like to see again? Yes, I would. That's my question to y'all. Would you like to see again? Would you like to see spiritually one more time? Bart did. We just read it. He wanted to see. Do you know how I know he wanted to see? Because he's crying out to Jesus. There's a part in this right here that, that really gets me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. Shut up, Bart. He don't care. He don't want to hear you. He's got bigger fish to fry. Keep your mouth closed. He said, that, that's what they're telling him. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. Hold your tongue. But what did he do? It says, but he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of, of David. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. He picked it up a notch. They said, shut up. He got louder. He wanted to see. That's what that means. He knew he could see. He had faith. He had faith in Jesus and what he could do for them. Do you remember when you saw Jesus first? Do you remember when you saw Jesus for the very first time? Not the picture hanging up in the Sunday school room. Not the pictures that we have in our... Well, I don't have one now. I've outgrew my, my kid's Bible, but, you know, our Bibles had pictures growing up in it. Not, not, that, not seeing that Jesus, not, not that image, because that image is wrong. 
But do you remember when you, you knelt down or stood or sit or however you done it and you asked Jesus into your life? Do you remember that moment that he revealed himself to you? Do you remember that sweet peace that you felt? Do you remember that common assurance that I've got a Savior now? Do you remember seeing Jesus for the very first time? How tender, you remember how tender your heart was? That's what I remember. I had a tender heart. Still got a tender heart. But it, it, was, so, it was so tender. It was so fresh. It was new. It had never been tainted by the things of this world. Because I just got saved. I just become a new creature. I remember that. Remember that moment. We need to really see Jesus the same way again. We need to have that experience again. Open our eyes and see Jesus the way we've seen him for the very first time. Doing these weddings at the office... Every now and then, I don't get to drive a lot. But I see every single timeline that comes through. So we have schedules. I remember memory, we just set a date and time, and that's about all I remember doing. But evidently nowadays, you've got to have a 15-page schedule that tells you when your makeup artists get there, when the DJ gets there, when the drivers get there, all that mess. But every single one of the timelines I look at right now, the schedules, it's got first look, first look, first look. First look. And I've seen the first looks. I've seen the pictures. I've seen the videos. I've seen some not so good videos where they dress up one of the groomsmen as the bride and turn around and goofing with them. But I remember, and there's pictures, I remember the very first time when George, when my father in law walked Maria down the aisle and I seen her for the very first time. That feeling that I had, the emotion. I'd never experienced in my life. I'd never felt like that before. She still does it to me. She can just walk in the door after work, and I still I get that same feeling sometimes. Don't roll your eyes. I mean it. But there's a feeling there. And I want you to think about the feeling that you had when you seen Jesus for the first time, or you seen your husband or your wife for the very first time, or when you seen your child for the very first time. That feeling that you get, and you go back to it, and it just puts a smile on your face, and you just get so happy about that moment in time. I want you to go back to that moment that you seen Jesus for the very first time, and I want you to take that experience with you. And you go out and you talk to the people in this world about salvation. When you go out and you're having issues with your neighbors or with your family or with your friends, I want you to stop, close your eyes, and remember what Jesus looks like and what he's done for you. We need to really see Jesus because if we really see him, if we really see his love like we're supposed to, if we really see, that, or see the kindness in his touch that he gives us, when we really feel the warmth that he gives us, when we really see what he did for us on that cross, if we really see Jesus, then we're going to follow him, just like Bart. That's exactly what he did. The last verse says, and immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. The first thing he'd done when he opened his eyes, he followed Jesus. He followed Jesus. If we really see Jesus, we're going to want to follow him. How could you not follow him after what he's done for you? How could you not? Follow the creator 
of the heavens and the earth. How could you not follow the sustainer of life that we have right now? How would you, why would you not follow him? When you've seen him, you want to follow him even more. Get a little closer. How could you not follow him when you really see him as a friend? When we see him for who he is and what he's done for us. Think about your friends in elementary and high school. You went everywhere together, didn't you? You followed them. You were close. You wanted to be in their presence because you got along. They were your friend. That's Jesus. He is your friend. And he wants you to follow him and be with him. There's one little small important detail in here that we don't ever talk about this. When you read about this story, when you read about Blind Bart, we don't talk about this. But it's a part that's always intrigued me, and I've always wondered what it meant. And so sometimes I just kind of put my own spin on it. Bartimaeus, threw, it says right here, he threw off his garment. Verse 50 says, And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Bart threw off that garment. He cast it away, and he jumped up just to get to Jesus. Now, we don't know why he did that. There, there's no real reason. It just said that it ca he cast off his garment. But to me, because it's in there, it's pretty important. There's got to be something there. If y'all have ever felt a cloak or a garment that they wear back then, they're heavy. You know, I talked about last week. If you, if you need to cast off something, you cast off your garment, you put it on, they put it on the donkey because it's heavy. All right, so he had to cast away his garment. He cast off his cloak. Maybe it was heavy. Maybe it's binding him down. Maybe somebody was standing on it. Remember, he was blind, he was and he was sitting, and so maybe the crowd got on top of him, and they were standing on his garment. We don't know, but we knew that he cast off what was weighing him down to get to Jesus. That's the best way to look at it. He cast off what was weighing him down, what was holding him back, to get to Jesus. That's what we've got to remember about the story. Not, not the fact that, that Bartimaeus got his sight back, but that he cast away what was holding him down so that he could follow Jesus. We cast away the weights of this world. We cast away the burdens of this world. We, we throw off what is tying us down so that we can get to Jesus and so that we can see him like Bart seen him. We don't know, again, why he threw it off, but, but in his mind, it was holding him back. In his mind, that was holding him back. So he took it off. He cast it off. He threw it off. He's getting rid of the garment. But he didn't. Here's the way I, I see it. He's sitting there, and he's thinking, should I take it off? Maybe it stinks a little. Maybe it's heavy. Maybe Jesus wouldn't like it. Maybe it's not the color he would like. I don't know. I can't see it. That's not what he's doing. He doesn't hesitate. He's not like us when we hesitate. It's like a, you know, a gentleman would take his coat off and he would put it around a, a, a woman if she's cold or if it's raining or something like that. You, you don't hesitate. You just do it right then. He didn't hesitate. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. 
So we know he was sitting down because he rose up. So he stood up and he went to Jesus. He didn't want anything to stop him from getting to Jesus. And the last question, final part. What's keeping you from Jesus today? What's keeping you? Are you blind? Do you want to see? And now what's keeping you from Jesus? What's keeping you from getting to him so that you can really see him? What is your garment? Let's back up there. Let's go back to the garment just a second. What is your garment? I'll show you some, some people's garments right here. Right here's your garment. You're tied to this thing. That's your garment. What's another garment you got? Your watch. You're tied to time. That's your garment. Take it off. Take it off. Leave that garment aside. Maybe, and when I held my phone up, not just talking on the phone, but what have I told y'all a hundred times? This right here is my best friend. My calendar schedules. Schedule after schedule after schedule. That th I've got about five different email accounts tied to one schedule, and that thing goes off every day. You got to do this tomorrow at 6 o'clock. You got to do this tomorrow at 2 a.m. or whatever. I ain't doing nothing at 2 a.m. except sleeping. Schedules tie us down. Time ties us down. What doesn't tie us down? Everything keeps us busy right now. Is your garment something that you don't want to give up? Is your garment something that you'd rather hang on to that keeps you blind? Maybe. Maybe you like it the way it is. Maybe you like not being able to see. I've never met anybody that said that. But maybe you do. Maybe you don't want to see. Maybe you don't mind having wool put over your eyes. Maybe you'd rather just walk around blind the rest of your life. I don't know why you'd want to do that. Until his church realizes that they're blind, that we're blind, and we really want to see Jesus, we're going to, we're going to keep struggling. Until you realize that your cloak is weighing you down, your garment's weighing you down, we're going to keep struggling. What happens whenever... Sheep getting water. They drowned. It's nothing but a big old cotton ball anyway, so they get in the water. It's a big old sponge. They get in the water and they drowned. They're weighted down. They're going to struggle. If you've ever seen, even a small branch, sheep don't like water because they know what will happen if they get in it. They're going to get weighed down with the water and they're going to struggle and they could drown. They could die. That's our, our garment. Our garment is what's holding us down. Schedules, life, whatever you want to call it. And so until we cast away that garment, then we're going to struggle. As individuals and as churches, we're going to continue to struggle. So the question one more time is this. Do you really want to see? Do you really, truly want to see? I want everybody to close your eyes for just a moment. I mean, close them tight just for a moment. Except for Kristen, because she'll fall out the door. Close your eyes for just a moment. And I want you to ask yourself, do I want to stay like this? Do I want to stay 
blind like this right now where I can't see nothing? Or do I really want to see again? Do I want to stay blind? Or do I want to see again? Now, while your eyes are closed, while your eyes are closed, can you see Jesus? Can you see, can you feel that? Can you feel his presence still? Can you hear his still small voice? Can you still see Jesus? Lord God, this morning as we close out, Lord, as our eyes are closed and we see nothing around us, God, I pray right now that in our hearts that we can feel you, in our minds we can see you, whatever image of Jesus we have in our minds, Lord, I pray that's what we see right now. Lord, I pray we can, we can hear you speaking to us right now. Lord, I've never met a blind person who said they'd rather stay blind. Blind people would love to have their sight back if it's at all possible. Lord, that's possible spiritually. For those that are struggling spiritually, seeing you in their lives, I prayed this morning that they would be able to open up their eyes in just a moment and they can see you again as they did when they were saved. God, we need your hand to guide us whether we got sight or not. We need your hand. God, we need you to lead us just like the blind have assistance walking around. We still need your assistance getting around this whole world. We need your help, God. We need to be more like Bartimaeus. We've got to cry out to you. Son of David, have mercy on me. Lord God, that's our prayer this morning, is that you would have mercy on each and every one of us. Lord, I pray that you'd forgive us where we have failed you. Lord, where we have discouraged you, where we have let you down, where we've let the church down. God, I pray that we would open up our eyes. And we would see you. We can rejoice and follow you as Bartimaeus did. Lord, we thank you again for this story. We thank you again for this time that you've given us. Thank you for our sight, both physically and spiritually. And Lord, as we open up our eyes, I pray that we see you. All this in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. We're back here Wednesday night. Keep on trucking in our Bible study. Read this a couple times. I want y'all to really take this to heart. This is a very important story for us to remember. But as Keith said, when we look in the mirror, I hope you see Jesus. I hope you see Jesus. You're dismissed. <laughs>